Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. So uh, we're going to continue in our sermon series. You know, I thought that we should call this sermon series, This Is Us. How many of you guys watch that show, This Is Us? If you don't, don't. All right? Because it's manipulative to your emotions. Am I right, Tavier? Like, for real, though, like, my wife got me on this show, and every single Tuesday night, it's like, we need a box of Kleenex because I can't pull it together. <laughs> Weeping over Father Jack's death, you know, like, I, oh, my bad. He dies in the first episode, in the first season, right? Doesn't he? Nonetheless. All right, sorry. Yeah, appreciate that. Keep me on track, Seth. No, but I was like, maybe we should call this This Is Us because really this is what our family is like. And uh, we developed five H's. Everybody say five H's. Five H's. And initially, this was just shared amongst our staff team as our leadership culture. But the more we talked about it, the more we realized, man, you know what? I think this needs to be shared with the entirety of the church because really this is the culture that God is building in this house. So would you guys like to hear the five H's? Yes. All right, you guys say them with me. Number one is holy. holy. I knew somebody was going to say that. Holy. Y'all wish you could do it like that. I know. Y'all don't have the Kentucky accent, though. Number two is what we're going to talk about today, which is humble. humble. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Number three is hungry. hungry. Or hungry. Number four is honorable. honorable. And number five is healthy. healthy. Healthy in every sense of the word. Relationally, spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically, like... Man, I'm trying to preach till I'm 90. All right, so I'm unashamed. I want us to be a healthy people. I want us to live, all of us, centenarians. Y'all know what that means? Beyond 100, right? Just preaching the gospel, touching the next generation for Jesus. And so this is world changer culture. Um, we say that humbly, that this is world changer culture. Uh, but today I'm going to talk about humility, and uh, we're going to read from Philippians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 5 through 11. So I have a lot of scripture today. Are you guys okay with it? Yes. So just buckle up because we're going to start with six verses from Philippians chapter 2. And uh, you've probably heard this passage before, but I'm going to read from the NIV today, all right? So the Bible says this, in your relationships, let's all just say those three words together. In your relationships, very important, with one another, have the same mindset. Everybody say mindset. mindset. Have the same mindset as who? Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. That's good. Rather, he made himself nothing. Everybody say nothing. 
by taking the very nature of a servant. Uh, King James says bondservant, which we talked about two weeks ago, about being a bondservant of Jesus, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled, everybody say humility. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name. Oh, this is good. Gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge this preaches doesn't it I mean you can just read the Bible ah. every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father The Bible is old, but man, it is alive. So the title of the message today is Humble Heart Mindset. All right, how many of you guys want a humble heart mindset? All right, let's go. So Lord, we just ask that you would give us all a humble heart mindset today. Reveal eternal truths from your word to our hearts today in 2021 that we might stand apart from the culture that we live in as humble people, servants that take upon the mentality of the man Christ Jesus to live different in our day, to see more people receive you and more glory brought to the Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So one of the things that we read in this passage of Scripture, which is very, very important to point out, is an eternal truth. I might say the most important truth, which is this. Jesus is God. All right, everybody say that with me. Jesus is God. All right, that's what the Bible says. If you look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, which we read, but I want to read it in the NLT. It simply says this, though he was God. Jesus is God. God is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the author and the finisher, right? This is your God. He is creator of all things. He is above all things. Jesus is above all things because Jesus is God and Jesus is Lord. And you know what that means? That God can do anything he wants to do whenever he wants to do it, right? Because that's how powerful that God is. He can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And yet he chooses to be humble. This is quite powerful if you really consider it. God created you. He created the heavens and the earth. And yet God chooses to be a humble person. He chooses to take on flesh in humility. He chooses to go to the cross in humility he chooses to die and to give his life for you in humility this is the God that you serve the Bible says also in verse 6 that he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage so despite being so strong 
despite being so capable, despite being so powerful, despite being so creative, so holy, despite all of these things, God chose to humble himself, come in the flesh, and give his life on the cross. Your God is humble. Jesus is God, and Jesus is humble. Tell me about another God that is humble. You're not going to find it. Jesus is humble, which is why we see him in the Gospels coming in, you know, just before Good Friday. Humble, the Bible says, riding on a colt. Not a war horse, like a great king trying to show off, but humble, coming lowly to give his life on a cross for you and I. Jesus is God, and Jesus is humble. And the Bible clearly states in this passage that we as Christians are called and supposed to be Christ-like. So if you and I are Christians and we're called to be Christ-like, you know what that means we have to take on? The humility of Jesus. We must want to be humble. We must have a drive to be like Jesus, to be humble. Humility is part of our spiritual DNA. That means when we're acting arrogantly, we are not acting like our true selves. Because who God has fashioned you to be is a humble servant. We're going to keep talking about this, but this really flies in the face of our culture, doesn't it? We're thinking right now, I don't know if I want to be a humble servant. We have to think through these things because this is the lifestyle, Paul says, the mindset that God would have us take on as disciples. So what is biblical humility? I I looked it up in the Dictionary of Bible Themes and this is how that book describes it. So this is biblical humility. The definition is this, an attitude of lowliness and obedience. This hurts, doesn't it? Grounded in the recognition of one's status before God and his creatures. Everybody say other people. Humanity. This is what humility is. It is an attitude. That's what the dictionary says. Paul said it's a mindset. It's a mindset of what? Lowliness. This is hard to say amen to, isn't it, church? Lowliness and what else? Obedience. And it's a self-awareness. It's a recognition of my own status before God and other people. So I'm constantly, if I'm humble, I'm constantly reminded and making myself aware of the fact that God is really big and I'm pretty small. God is really holy and I tend to wander. Humility is the byproduct of encounters with Jesus. When a Christian becomes arrogant, all they're doing is revealing that it's been a while since their last encounter. If you will consistently stand before the throne of grace, 
to receive the love in the heart of Jesus, you will be humble. Humility is not, in my opinion, as much a character deficit as it is an intimacy deficit. So it's confusing to me that some of the people that present as the most spiritual <laughs> are some of those that struggle with arrogance the most often. Because I'm wondering who you're really praying to. I'm wondering who you're really praying for. Are you really connecting to the heart of Jesus during worship? Or are you just trying to make, somebody, make sure somebody sees you worship? Oh, they, they. Are you hearing me this morning? Humility is what we're called to. Humility is an internal posture. It's marked by brokenness. It's marked by submission. But you know, humility is not the norm. Humility is not normal today. The Bible says, in your relationships with one another, be humble. But how often do you hear these words? I don't care what anybody thinks about me. How often do you hear that? I don't care how my coworkers experience me because I'm keeping it real. Well, we appreciate you keeping it real. But you can keep it real and be in sin. <laughs> Thank you for keeping it 100 with me. But you're unkind. When did keeping it real become a valid excuse to step out of the fruit of the Spirit... and treat somebody like the devil despite considering yourself to be a Christian. Oh, I'm just keeping it real. Can you show me the scripture where Paul said, in the name of keeping it real, <laughs> arrogantly bite someone's head off in their Facebook feed. <laughs> Oh, that's in the book of First Opinions. Chapter 4, <laughs> verse 13. I remember where that verse was now, now that I'm thinking of it. Now that I'm thinking about it. Studied that one time. That's where it is. But humility is, is, is not the norm. The norm is arrogance. The norm is being braggadocious. The norm is, look at me and look at this stuff I got. It's better than the stuff you got, which makes me feel better about myself and the things I don't got. You see what I'm saying? The norm is I'm showing up to show off. The norm is look at me. Look what I got. Look at my drip. <laughs> oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Look at me. Right? You know I'm telling the truth. And our culture actually glorifies this, which is where Mark chapter 7, verse 21 and 22, Jesus highlights the culture, he highlights humanity, he highlights our sinful nature, and he says, for from within, which is the heart, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, that's called jealousy. 
right? Wickedness, deceit, that's called lying. Sensuality, envy, greed, slander, lying on people, pride, there it is, arrogance, pride, foolishness. This is the norm. This is the mindset of any human that is yet to be born again. This is the norm. And you know, Malachi chapter 3, the prophet Malachi observing the culture that he lived in, I think it is fitting for today. Look at verse 15 from chapter 3. It says, and now we call the arrogant blessed. Is this not an ancient indictment on the culture in which we now live? We call the arrogant blessed. Look at them. They're so blessed. We should be careful what we consider blessed. Evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. This is always what it looks like on the surface. And that's what Malachi is recognizing here. Oh, we're calling the arrogant blessed now. And our culture glorifies this. But in truth, church family, arrogance, I'm going to say it like this. Arrogance is actually an evil. Arrogance is actually an evil. I want you to look at Job 35 verse 12. It says, there they cry out, but he does not answer. Who is he? God. Why? Because of the pride of evil men and women. Pride, the Bible says this, pride, arrogance is actually, that's evilness. Is this too heavy for 9 a.m.? It's, it's, it's hard. I know it's hard. But this is the culture of our day. The Bible says arrogance is an evil, and God doesn't answer to arrogance. God doesn't respond to arrogance. God responds to faith. Look at Revelation chapter 18, verse 7. It says, and she glorified herself, and get this, and lived in luxury. So give her a like measure of torment and mourning since in her heart, right? In her heart, everybody say mindset. mindset. Everybody say attitude. attitude. Because her heart attitude was this. I sit as the queen. I am the king. That's like every rapper right now. I am the king. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to acknowledge a fact, right? I sit as the queen. I am no widow. And mourning I shall never see. I will always be on top. I shall never see mourning. I shall never know stress. I am always blessed. You... you would you guys agree? And, and, and this is about Babylon. So it's not just about a person in the book of Revelation. It is about a culture. It is about a city. It's about, it's about a geographic region in a particular time. People who were arrogant. They said, no, no, we're on top of the world. I mean, come on, could we preach to ourselves for a second? Being in America. We're never going to know mourning. We're never going to know any problems. We're never going to know any sorrow. We need to be humble. Amen? We need to be humble. God judges Babylon in the book of Revelation. Uh, he says, your arrogance is going to come back to bite you 
And I want you to know, church, that our arrogance always comes back to bite us. And if you really wanted a, 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 like a biblical rap video, could I give you one real quick? Like a biblical rap video. Let's look at Daniel chapter 28. I actually love this so much. I was reading it and I was like, that's like a rap video right there. All this came upon King Neb. That's even a rap name. King Nebuchadnezzar, right? Uh, at the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of his mansion. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of who? My majesty. Can we all acknowledge this is the norm? This is how we behave before we are redeemed by the mindset of Christ Jesus. This type of attitude does not glorify God. It glorifies self. It glorifies man. It glorifies the creation. It exalts itself against the knowledge of the Father. This is not the mindset or the attitude that we are called to possess as kingdom people. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to walk in a different spirit, which is humility. We are called to be humble. How do you know if somebody's arrogant? Well, listen to them talk. How do you know if somebody is arrogant? Listen to them talk. You'll find out really quickly. 1 Samuel 2 and 3, it says, Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come forth from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. That means despite the things that we say, God sees the intention and the motivation of our heart. So even though we might be pretending to be humble, God knows what's really going on on the inside. He's like, don't talk arrogantly. Don't boast in yourself Proudly, I know what's going on in your heart, and that is not the way that I would have you to walk. You are called to walk in a different spirit. You are called to walk humbly. So how do you, how, how do you know if, if somebody's arrogant? I, I'm going to give you guys four quick points. These are not the main points of the message, okay? But four quick points. I'm trying to help somebody in here. How do you know if somebody's arrogant? Is everybody ready? Oh, you guys are pumped, aren't you? Okay, number one is this. They shut down emotions and they have almost no compassion for other people. <laughs> That's how you know somebody's arrogant. And I didn't just make this up, all right? I didn't get it from Brene Brown. I got it from the Bible. So check it out. Check it out. It's right here in Psalm 17, verse 10. It says, they have closed their unfeeling heart. They shut it down. They can't allow themselves to feel any emotions. Because then they would have to acknowledge that you have some emotions and their arrogance could be afflicting your emotions. Nope, there is no problems here. I know exactly how to solve every problem. That's arrogance. Number two is this. They constantly remind everybody of how great they are, of what they're doing right, and the great things that they are a part of. That's that, you really know somebody's arrogant right there, right? That's James 3 and 5. It says, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Hey, have you seen what I did? Hey, can I remind you of what I've done? 
Everybody's quiet in here. Nobody nudge your spouse, okay? Just don't do that. Hey, have you forgotten how awesome I am? Right, because we do that, right? It's quiet in here during this humility message. Number three is this. They take on the task of humbling everybody else. Right? Even those doing exactly what God has told them to do. And that comes from Psalm 119, verse 69. It says, though the arrogant have smeared me with lies. See, you thought a smear campaign was a new thing? No, this was taking place back in the day in ancient Israel. Though the arrogant have smeared me with lies, I keep your precepts with all of my heart. And I can promise you this, if you intend with all of your heart to follow what God has for your life, there is going to be some people, arrogant people, that are going to try and smear you with lies. I can guarantee that. They'll create smear campaigns, and they'll lie if they have to. Another verse, which I didn't put on the screen, is Proverbs 17 and 7, if you want to look that up a little bit later. But here's the last point of how you can identify arrogant people. I'm sure I could have done an Instagram post. Have you guys seen those that I've been doing? I could have done 10 things. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. That wasn't very humble, was it? Um, you guys see what I did? It's for you. Number four is this. Make fun of people all the time. Oh, if there's somebody that I can't stand. I'm just being honest. It's somebody who constantly makes fun of other people. I'm like, for real, bro? We just constantly making fun of people. That's what we're doing. Why do, why do people constantly make fun of other people? To, to cause themselves to look better or to cause themselves to feel better? That's why they do it, right? And that's Proverbs chapter 21, verse 24. It says this, Scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. You know, if you, if you look at these four points, we'll recognize something, which is that pride and arrogance, it leaks out of our mouths. If you just listen to how people talk, and there are some people who wear church clothes like really, really well to present as humble, but if you will talk to them long enough, and I remember Pastor Jeff Dollar from Grace Center telling me this, if you will listen to people long enough, they'll give you a little insight on their heart. And it'll just be little comments. You'll be like, what's up with that? That doesn't sit right with me. Just listen. Arrogance and pride leaks out of our mouths. And this is why the Bible tells us you have to have the right mindset because if we'll have the right attitude, we'll be able to uh, speak in the right way. We'll be able to interact and um, ex other people will experience us as, as being humble people. And we can be humble people and walk with that same attitude that Jesus has. Here's the good news, church. Here's the really, really good news. This is the gospel, in fact is that because we are disciples of Jesus, we have received the mindset of Jesus. All right? Now, I, I know that may sound a little bit fundamental, but it's really important for us to recognize something. This comes to us from 1 Corinthians 2.16. It says this, For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we... Everybody say, that's me. That's me. But we have the mind of Christ. I mean, that is so good right there, honestly. I know it sounds so simple, but it's good enough for somebody to take a lap. I mean, honestly, it really is. Because what we are commanded by God to walk out, we have actually received 
for free through salvation. It's really powerful, right? Paul says, look, you need to have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. And you might be thinking, how in the world could I ever possess the same attitude as Christ Jesus? How could I ever do enough work? How could I ever do enough personal development or character improvement to walk in the spirit of Jesus? Well, here's the gospel, church. That because of what Jesus accomplished for you on the cross, what you are commanded to walk out, and the mindset that we are told to carry is exactly what we receive for free through grace because of what Jesus did for you. It is possible for you to be humble. It doesn't matter your upbringing. It doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter, you know, who coached you, who employed you, who parented you. It's absolutely possible for you to be humble if you have Jesus living on the inside of your life. So, so don't, don't, don't come hit me with your Enneagram number after this and be like, Pastor, I would be humble, but I'm an eight. So I got to challenge everybody. I'm like, okay, I appreciate the assessment. You're an unhealthy eight and you need to be humbled by the Lord. <laughs> Can we stop blaming our dysfunction on our Enneagram ratings? I mean, for real, for real. It's ridiculous. Right, thank you. Thank you. I, I'm just tired of it. I can't, I can't, I can't because... When did your Enneagram assessment become a prison that you live in? <laughs> that sounds really powerless. I would like to introduce you to somebody named Jesus who is a deliverer. All right. My goodness. We act like Jesus walked around with a, uh, what was those tests we used to take in high school? What are they called? Like a... Uh, Scantron, that's what it is. We act like Jesus was walking around on the shoreline of Galilee with a Scantron test in his robe, handing out things to his disciples. Like, here you go, man, here's an Enneagram test. Just want to make sure you fit the bill to follow me. <laughs> oh, you're four. You're never going to be a good evangelist. <laughs> oh, man, isn't Jesus so wonderful? He's so wonderful, right? Because he does not necessarily demand that we, you know, go against the grain of our personalities to preach the gospel. He just gives us a new personality. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So miss me with the Enneagram numbers. <laughs> or your disc test. Or what animal you are on that test. He's like, I'm a gopher. I can't, I don't even know what that means, all right? I'm a, I'm a beaver. Okay, what's up? Hi. You guys know what I'm talking about? There's some test that does that. I don't know. So we have the mind of Christ, right? What we're told to possess is actually free for us to receive. Now, that does not mean that when you get saved, you receive an Elon Musk Jesus Neuralink. <laughs> That'd be epic. I'd appreciate that. Be awesome, all right? It doesn't mean that you know everything that Jesus knows. What it does mean is that you have access to everything that Jesus knows. That's what it means to have the mind of Christ. Well, I got saved. It ain't working. No, you have access to it. You have access to it now. 
You have everything that you need. You have all of the grace that you need to live with the same mindset that was in Christ Jesus and to have humility in your heart. Jesus has a humble heart mindset. We're told to have a humble heart mindset. So what does that look like to have a humble heart mindset? Let me give you guys a couple points. Number one is that these are actually like the premier points, okay? So if you took the other points, these are the real points. These are the real points, all right? I don't know why I started doing this. I started just adding more points to the message. I'm sorry. Uh, number one is this. The humble have chosen to be humble. They're not humble because they have to be, but because they want to be like Jesus. To pretend to be humble to get what you want is called Manipulation. Uh, let me say it again. To pretend to be humble to get what you want is a tool of manipulation. Well, I know how my employer, my boss, likes me to act, so I'm going to pretend like I'm like that. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is Jesus speaking. For I am gentle and I am humble in my heart and then you will find rest for your souls. This is what Jesus is actually like, not what Jesus pretends to be like because he wants Christianity to be a nice, neat, you know, warm, cuddly type of experience for people. It's really what Jesus is actually like. He's actually humble. False humility is always found out. Don't pretend to be humble just so that you can be liked. Choose to be humble because you have a desire to be like Jesus. I want to be like you, Lord. If you're humble, I want to be humble. That's number one. Number two is this. The humble refuse to play the, but do you know who I am card? They know that status is for serving, not selfishness. I know we're so obsessed with destiny today. We're so obsessed with purpose today. And I get it. It's great. It preaches well. But if the only person that wins is you when you get blessed, I, 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 I don't think it's kingdom. If the only person that gets blessed, when you walk in your purpose, I'd, I'd say you're walking in a counterfeit purpose. I'm telling you the truth. Because status always blesses, always serves. It's not selfish and self-absorbed. I'm getting blessed for everybody I'm connected to, not just for me to hoard blessings. Right? And Philippians chapter 2, this is from our passage, Christ, Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality, equality with God a thing to be grasped, a thing to be held on to, right? But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Your position, in, in wherever you find yourself, your position is not for your power, but for you to serve as many people as possible. Your position, not for your power, is to make other people powerful. Number three, the humble are very aware that they live on borrowed breath. They're generous, not stingy. Why? Because they know that all that they have belongs to God. 
And, and, and that's where we get verse 7, Philippians 2 verse 7. What did the Bible say? But he emptied himself. What would it look like if you emptied yourself? I oh, mean, that's a good question, isn't it, church? What does that mean? But he, but he emptied himself. He said, no, no, I'm not going to own anything. Everything I have is owned by God. And, and it, it makes for a good statement, right? Like, oh, no, I've, I'm humble. I've emptied myself. But then we hold on to, like, certain things. No, no, nobody has access to that. God doesn't have access to that. I'll never let that go. I'll never get, give that up. Well, Jesus said there wasn't anything that he hid in the closet. Jesus said, no, no, I have emptied myself entirely. I have given all. And in the kingdom church, a good steward reserves nothing for themselves. I really, really think about it, okay? In the kingdom, a good steward reserves nothing for themselves. Why? Because all belongs to God at the end of the day. Everything we have, we live on borrowed breath. Every blessing that we have is borrowed from God. It's because we have been a recipient of God's goodness to us. I don't know how well this point's going over. Because I think this is actually kind of a hard one. But the Bible plainly says Jesus gave everything. He said, here's how to be a good steward. Empty yourself. Everything belongs to God. Anything I get the opportunity to carry for however long I live or however long uh, the season God has for me is, I'm a good steward of it. If God wants me to give it away, I'll give it away. If God wants me to invest it, I'm going to invest it. If God wants me to pass it along to my kids, I'm going to pass it along to my kids. Whatever it looks like for me to be in submission to Jesus, whatever it looks like for me to be humble in my heart, whatever it looks like for me to be obedient to God, I say yes. Because I acknowledge I'm living on borrowed breath. And that's what Jesus said, John 10, chapter 18. It says, chapter 10, verse 18, no one takes it from me. He's talking about his own life. But I lay it down of my own accord. And I think that's a challenge that God wants to extend to all of us. That be, we'd be willing to lay things down on our own accord. Not because Jesus forcefully pulled it from us, but because he asked us for it. And we said, I'm in submission to you. I'm humble in my heart. It belongs to you. Number four, the humble, oh, maybe this one's going to be worse. The humble are submissive toward their God-given leaders. Notice, notice what I said there. God-given. Can I highlight that again, please? God given. Who are the authority that God's put in your life? Do you have any? Or are you your own authority? I would suggest that you're not very humble. If nobody except for you can ask you to do anything or tell you to do anything. Like, but we are submissive. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 said he humbled himself by becoming obedient. Everybody say obedient. To the point of what? Death. Even death on a cross. Notice how Paul ups the ante. He said he wasn't just obedient to dying in any old routine way. He was obedient even unto the point of dying in an extreme way by the cross. And hopefully nobody in this room this morning will ever be martyred. But I think we can all testify that on certain days, submission feels like death. Right? No, I want to do this thing my way. And the Lord's like, nah, you're going to do it different. No, God, but I want to do it my way like this. And your mama is like, no, you're going to do it like this. 
And your daddy is like, son, we're going to do it this way. And your boss is like, I know that's what you want to do, but we're going to do it like this. Doesn't that feel like death? Uh, you know, i got to sneak this one in. But your pastor yeah. is like, no, we're going to do it like this. Oh! <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. It feels like death, right? That is, the, in, in a sense, it really is because this is what submission means. Submission is when you submit to someone else's mission. The way they want to do it, how they want to do it. He's like, yeah, okay, yep. God, God's put you in my life as a leader. I trust God. Therefore, I trust you. I'm, I'm here. Okay, I'm submitted. Here's the last thing, number five. The humble get blessed, promoted, and exalted by God himself. And let me tell you, you want to be promoted by God, not by man. Because if man can promote you, man can dethrone you. But you say, no, no, I want my promotions to come from heaven and heaven only. Luke chapter 14, verse 11. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is our posture. We stay humble. We stay broken. And if we don't stay broken, church, I can guarantee you this. God will break us. Why will God break us? God breaks the proud because he has a desire to promote us. God wants to be good to us, which is why he breaks the proud. Because when we're being broken, we're actually being positioned for promotions. God's like, I'm, I'm trying to get you to a point where you're usable for what you've prayed and asked me for. I've got to break you so I can humble you so that as you step into that promotion, you're carrying my mindset. You're carrying my attitude so that you reflect the glory of God and you don't just absorb all the glory for yourself. You are a humble person. And God himself says in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2, have I given you guys entirely too much Bible today? Isaiah 66, 2 says, but this is the one to whom I look God is searching the earth for people like this. He who is humble and contrite in his spirit and he trembles at my word. So let's stay humble, church. Let's stay broken, church. Let's keep the right posture before the word of God, church. Because this is the type of church, the type of person, the type of family that God longs to get involved with. So I... That's really the mess. I just want to tell you a story for our praise, a quick story. Um, but I told Cammy, where where Cammy go? Is she still here? Oh, hey, what's up? Um, Cammy is so precious, so wonderful. Um, if you know her, you love her for sure, um, for sure, for sure. Um, but you know, I, I grew up a missionary. Like I grew up in the faith, a missionary. And my spiritual mom, Heidi Baker, who's going to be speaking for us on September the 4th. Um, and in Legacy College as well. Sign up for Legacy College. A little plug there. Um, humility is one of the core values of Iris. And so one of the things I learned from her was this. It's always brokenness under breakthrough. Just, it's just, you cannot expect God to give you breakthrough in an area where you refuse to be broken. If you're asking for breakthrough with people, but you don't actually love those people, guess what? You're probably not going to get any breakthrough with those people. You need to be broken on their behalf. And this was something that I always preach and always talk about. I hadn't talked about it in a while. 
And uh, one day after church, you probably remember where I'm going now, Cammie, because I didn't tell you before. But, like, she walked up to me and she was like, hey, she was like, Pastor Lyle, um, in her sweet voice. Um, hey, Pastor Lyle, I heard this podcast from you and, and you talked about brokenness. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, you said something that I really liked and it was about brokenness. And, and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And she was like, I, you know, I just, I just thought I'd ask you a, a question. So innocent. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, are you still broken? And I was like, I brushed it off like it didn't matter a lot. I was just like, yeah, I am, totally. <laughs> and I was like walking away like, dang, dude, that hit me, Lord. <laughs> like, I was like, my God, man, dang. That was a shot to the heart. For real, for real. And, and I, Cammie, I kept thinking about that for days. I was like, am I broken? I was like, Lord, break me again. I want to be broken. I want to be humble. I don't, I, don't, I don't want it to be a work. I just want it to be something I'm in love with you so much that I'm like, oh, what a joy. Isn't that good? So I'm sure a lot of you guys, you've been saved for like a long time. I get it. Like we're a great church for people who've been saved for a while. Because like we go crazy during worship and all that, you know, and it's like church people love it. People who don't go to church are like, what is this I got myself into? But, like, I just think it would be good for us to pray. We'll close right now and pray. Like, God, break us again. Is that cool? Let's stand up and pray together. Lord, I just want to repent. I just want to start with repentance. And maybe you can join me in a spirit of repentance to say, Lord, forgive me for where I have considered myself an expert on a topic that you actually wanted to lead me in. Forgive me for the moments in which I did not submit myself to you, but I ran ahead in my own strength and decided that I did not need your help, that I could do it all on my own. Lord, forgive me for being a spiritual know-it-all. Lord, forgive me for not being teachable. Lord, forgive me for having an attitude. Lord, forgive me for not being receptive when somebody who maybe doesn't um, is not as old as me or doesn't uh, have the same credentials as me or hasn't been walking with Jesus as long as me. Lord, forgive me for not having a heart posture of teachability towards your people. I think that's something we could probably all repent of if we've been walking with the Lord for a while. Lord, forgive me for thinking I know better than you. Lord, forgive me for not having a heart posture of humility. Lord, I just declare over our church today that we will be a humble people because you are a humble Lord and you are God. And if you chose humility and you went to the cross on our behalf and you gave us your spirit, then we have the spirit of humility living on the inside of us. And so I declare today in the same way that the apostle Paul spoke over his son Timothy, fan into flames the gift that is within you. All of us have received a gift of humility from Jesus. And today, this Sunday morning, we fan it into flames in Jesus' name. We fan it into flames right now, Lord. We just declare that we will be like you. Lord, as we depend upon you, we will be humble. We'll have an attitude of, of submission and obedience to the Spirit. We'll have an attitude of, of brokenness and loneliness. We'll not have ego, Lord. Lord, we know you've made us confident. 
you've made us sons and daughters. This is not about, this is not about abasing ourselves to the point where we consider ourselves to, you know, be, be terrible or bad. Lord, we, we know you've made us to be great, but also may we carry the mindset of Jesus that despite any greatness, that despite any position, that despite any blessing, that despite any power, that we're here to serve, we're here to empty ourselves, we're here to bless, we're here to serve the city of Nashville, we're here to bless Middle Tennessee, we're here to bless the generation, we're here to see God do something, and Lord, we want you to be involved in what we're doing, so we choose to be humble. Everybody just say with me, say, I choose to be humble. Come on, speak it over your heart right now, say, I choose to be humble. I receive the humility of Jesus. I choose to walk in the humility of Jesus. I choose to be broken. And if you really want to pray a scary prayer, just say, break me again, Lord. Break me again, Lord. Break me again, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray today. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. amen. So how many of you guys are going to leave here more humble than you walked in? If, if that's you, just give some praise to Jesus. Come on, we're leaving more humble. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.